Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before. Uh, my name is Marty and together with my wife Rachel, we get the great honour of leading uh, Elevation Church on the West Coast uh, in Mandurah, Western Australia. And so it's so great to be here with you. We have um, exciting things happening uh, across the church in Mandurah. Honour to Pastor Miles and Bonnie Palliadon. We can give them a clap even though they're not here. Um, but who knows, they may be sneaking a watch online. Uh, we're not sure, but uh, so thankful to be under their leadership and the wisdom and the vision that they bring. And so we've just been seeing God do some some, some great things uh, in Mandra. We have our INC conference starting in Nara tomorrow night, and we have uh, our 16 of us uh, coming over all the way from the West Coast uh, for that conference, which we're excited about. And, you know, particularly, uh, I know Lindsay shared so uh, powerfully about legacy before, and maybe you weren't here in, um, in 2018. But, you know, as part of our 2018 legacy uh, offering, that was, that was sown uh, a, a big part of it into, into Mandra, into the church to see it uh, be just revitalised and to see what God uh, did, you know, in that over those last four and a half years. And so uh, we want to say a big thank you uh, to you as a church for your giving and your sowing. There's something powerful about when we give, when, when we give seed, the Bible says we can expect a harvest. Now, does that mean we, you know, go crazy name or claim it, you know, where's my portion? No, 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 none of that, none of that garbage stuff. But what it does mean is that we go that when we, when we sow seed of finances, we can believe for God to bring a harvest, a harvest in people coming to Christ, a harvest in seeing churches built, a harvest in seeing lives transformed. And so as you do that, uh, all those years ago, that is bringing a harvest in Mandra. We're about to uh, extend our building, uh, which is exciting because we've used all the storage bits and uh, office bits for, for people space, which is good. And so it's amazing to see what God's doing. And, you know, even just share this quick testimony before we're going to look to the screen for our series. But uh, just last Sunday, uh, a friend of ours, he'd been, he'd been telling me about this, uh, uh, another friend of his that he'd been uh, building a relationship with and having some great chats about coming to church. And, uh, and anyway, this guy turned up uh, with his family, a, a little bit of a religious background, you know, way back in his childhood, but first time to church for, for, for ages. And uh, in the service, I could just tell as we were preaching that this guy was like, you know, just like, he wasn't like on his phone on Facebook, you know, like no one is here or anything, anything like that. He, he was like, just like drinking, drinking it in. And, and it came to the, the part where we asked for, a, you know, a call to Christ. And, and to see him put his hand up, we're like, yes, come on. And to see, to see this friend of ours invite a friend and then come on that Sunday, give his life to Christ. And we're believing that uh, it's going to go all the way through his family. It's just amazing. So God is doing great things on the West Coast and he's doing amazing things here. Which is awesome. But right now we are going to look to the screen for a short clip that leads us in to our series called Future. So thanks guys if we can show that. In a world of vibrant hues and eccentric characters, follow the remarkable journey of Joseph. A dreamer, betrayed by his own brothers, thrust into a captivating tale of resilience and redemption. From the confines of slavery to the opulent corridors of power, witness Joseph's rise as a leader. 
His path intertwines with an alluring woman, while his dreams and God guide him through treacherous waters of intrigue and forgiveness. For this adventure we'll need a pit, a slave's tunic, a dream about wheat and stars, a dream about cows and grain, a signet ring, a cupbearer's cup, and a technicolor coat, starring Jacob, Joseph's eleven brothers, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, Pharaoh, the cupbearer and the baker, and Joseph. Immerse yourself as Joseph's technicolor coat and unwavering spirit captivate. An extraordinary adventure where dreams and destiny collide. A stunning and emotionally captivating journey of faith, discovery, purpose, and divine alignment. Amazing. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a better looking Joseph than that guy. Do, do. No, Sanjeev thinks that and a couple of other people. That's, that's about it. But um, I, I said this to our um, manager location last week, but this is your, because I don't know about you, but that's, that felt like the promo for the next big, you know, series to binge watch on whatever, you know, streaming service um, you're into. But here's the, here's the binge challenge for you for July is, is the story of Joseph. It's found in the book of the Bible, in the first book of the Bible, sorry, Genesis 37 through to 50. And I'd love to encourage you, there's, there's nothing wrong with entertainment, but don't forget that we are what we eat. And when it comes to what we consume, what we put in is what comes out. And we, we live in the most um, content-rich time ever in the history of humanity. I mean content-rich in quantity, not quality. You know what I mean? If I walk past our TV and uh, Dance Mums is on, I'm like, definitely not rich in, in, in quality. But, but, there, but there's something about uh, putting ourselves into the Word of God and going, you know what, 13 chapters, I can do that. I, 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 I can get in and I can uh, understand God's Word, build faith and allow God's Word to, to shape my life. And so, um, so we're in our series called Future, Embracing God's Dream for Your Life. And today in week two, we're talking about what, what to do or what happens when our dream gets challenged. Now, just before you think this is some sort of positive pop psychology message, you know, follow your heart, dream big, yes, there'll be obstacles, but don't worry, you'll achieve your perfectly balanced life where your lattes are always extracted perfectly, your kids are always well behaved and your Instagram aesthetic is just amazing. No, no, we're not talking about that type of thing. What we shared last week is that Joseph had a dream. And when the Bible talks about Joseph having a dream, particularly in the book of Genesis, where this story comes from, dreams that was, are associated with divine revelation from God. So we aren't talking about some dream that Joseph just you know, dug up from self-motivation or watching the latest influencer or, or, or anything like that. We're talking about a dream that's placed in his life by God. And so this is what the Bible says. This is um, Genesis 37, verses 5 through to 11. It says this, Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. 
Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. You see, as soon as Joseph speaks about this dream from God, it's challenged and ridiculed. His brothers and his father, they, they, they rebuke Joseph, assuming that his motives are selfish and vain. And, and maybe they were at this moment. We actually don't really know. The Bible doesn't really tell us whether they were or not. You know, sure, Joseph could probably have shown a little bit more maturity when sharing his dream. But the reality is that any God dream that we have will face opposition. Have you experienced this yet? You probably don't have to go along life more than five minutes to realise that challenge comes. You know, some Christians sometimes they have this, these weird ideas. Have you ever heard something like this before when they're like, well, well people might say, well, well, God called me to do this thing, but there are a few challenges. And, you know, if God really wanted me to do it, then He, 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 he would have he, he made a way. So it, it mustn't be His will. That's not really what the Bible teaches. Yes, God makes a way. Yes, God does amazing things. He parts the ocean. We, we, we sang about it today. But, but the fact is this. Jesus says this in John 16, verse 33. He says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. He's speaking to his disciples at this time. He says this, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Take heart, I've overcome the world. You see, the Christian life is not one of denial or thinking that we're going to step into some utopian future where everything just works perfectly well for us. No, my first point is this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one is that every God dream will be challenged. Every God dream will be challenged. You're believing for your children to follow God and discover their own faith in Christ. That, that, that'll be challenged. Maybe you're here and you're believing through for a breakthrough in your marriage where there's been strain or a lack of togetherness. Can, can I tell you, that dream will be challenged. Maybe you believe that God's called you into a new line of work or a, a new business venture that will open doors of opportunity for the, for the gospel, that'll, that'll make a difference in people's lives, that'll expand, expand the kingdom. I want to tell you, that'll be challenged. Maybe you're a young person here seeking God and, and, and you just get this sense that maybe there's a call of ministry on your life, that maybe God's speaking to you about a dream to, to serve Him and to build His church and to build people and, and, and see lives transformed and changed through, through church ministry. Can I tell you, that will be challenged. Maybe you've committed to give above and beyond to legacy. I, I want to tell you, this is a great inspiring message, isn't it? That, that'll be challenged. That'll be challenged. Why? Because every God dream is always challenged. The Apostle Paul was speaking about his God dream to extend the gospel into the, the non-Jewish world at that time. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. He says, For a wide door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Notice that Paul doesn't say there's an opportunity here, but... 
There are, many, there are many adversaries. Paul says there's a wide door of open opportunity and there are many adversaries. Why does he phrase it like that? Because he understood that when you are following God, there is always going to be a challenge. It's a given that there will be challenge come to our lives. And it was the same for Joseph right from the outset. You see, when challenges come, we may worry and and think that we're off track or have missed God's dream. But often, it's these very challenges that God is using to shape and to form your life. I've definitely found that in my life. That it's the challenges that have shaped and formed me into who God wanted to create me to be. Into the plan and the purpose that he had for my life. It was always through challenge. And so we saw the challenge that Joseph received from his brothers and from his father. And then it steps up a whole new level in verse 18 of Genesis 37. I'm going to read this to you, Genesis 37 18 to 28. Speaking about his brothers, it says this they saw him from afar. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him and he will see what will become of his dreams. Lovely family. Verse 21. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. That was Reuben's plan. Verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colours that he wore. And they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother, our own flesh. You know, so they dialed it down a bit. They're like, you know, we won't kill him, but let's just, you know, let's outsource it. You know, let's, let's, let's put that some, somewhere else. Okay, and his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit. They sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. Now, the rest of chapter 37 is about the brothers and fathers' response to to all all this going on. And then in Genesis 38, it it, it cuts away like another scene in a movie to another story about Judah and Tamar. But then in 39, it picks up. Joseph again. And, and we don't have time to read this all. Remember, that's why you're binging Genesis 37 to 50, just a, just a reminder. But in, in uh, Genesis 39, we see Joseph sold into slavery in Potiphar's house. He serves there. He rises with distinction until he rejects the sexual advances of Potiphar's wife. Then he's falsely accused. He's, he's thrown down into the prison where the king's prisoners are kept. And, and yet in all that, there's this recurring phrase that happens in chapter 39 of Genesis. Verse 2 says this, The Lord was with Joseph. And verse 21 says this, but the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 23 says, because, speaking of Joseph, the Lord was with him. You see, whatever external challenge 
you may face. And, and honestly, I, I know there's people that are facing, you're facing tough challenges here today. We're, we're not talking about trying to get a car park at Castle Towers after this service. We're talking about like, like real, I know it's a real challenge sometimes. But anyway, we're talking about real challenges, right? Real, real heart deep ones. Things, things of loss and, and brokenness and, and, and disappointment. I, I know there's, there's people facing big things here today, significant things. But whatever you face, I, I want to encourage you with this. Number two is this, is that you are closest to the dream when you're closest to God. You're closest to the dream when you're closest to God. You know, as I mentioned, Joseph faces even more challenges. You know, brothers... Sell him into slavery, yet in both Potiphar's house and the prison, the Bible declares that, Joseph, that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. See, I want to tell you this morning, whatever situation we face, as we pursue the God dream, the most important fact is that we stay close to Him, is that we stay close to God. You see, Joseph is right on track. When he's, when he's in Potiphar's house, sold into slavery, Joseph's on track. When he's accused falsely by Potiphar's wife, he's right on track. When he's thrown into the, into the pit prison, Joseph is right on track. Why? Because the Lord is with him. Even though circumstantially, it looks like he's right off course, but he is right where God wants him. Why? Because he is with the Lord, because God is with him. And maybe as you look around and take stock of your situation, it may look like all hope is lost. It may look like you're so far from where you thought God spoke to you about being. But I want to encourage you today, if you are close to God, you are right where He wants you. If you are close to God, no matter what the circumstances look like, you are right on track, you are right on time, you are exactly where God wants you to be. Maybe you're here and you were here last week as Pastor Miles spoke about getting a God dream for your life. And maybe you're like, well, I don't even really know what that is. I know that sounds great, but, you know, I'm just here trying to grind it out. I'm just happy that I don't have to get the kids ready to school for school because it's school holidays. All right? You know, I'm just trying to get through life as it is. But I want to encourage you, no matter where you are on that dream journey with God, even if you don't know what that is, if you stay close to Him, He'll bring clarity. He'll bring hope. He'll bring direction. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. You might not be receiving, you know, pats on the back from everyone like, oh man, you're crushing it in life. Like, so good. You you might not be getting any of that. You you know, no one was asking Joseph to do a TED talk from an Egyptian prison. You know, like five five ways to overcome and see see your dream, you know, live, live from the prison right here. No, No one was asking him for that. It was probably actually more like one of those, you know, child stars, where are they now? You know, you know, he started with a, with a technicolour coat. He started with a big dream. Everyone was going to bow down to him. And now, bum, 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 you know, black and white TV, you know, bad haircut. Like he's down in the jail. You know, well, how did he get there? I think it was drugs. I think it was this, you know. It, that's probably more like the, the show they wanted to do about Joseph at that time. But right in that moment, yeah. Joseph was right on track. Why? Because he was close to God. Because he was with God. Because he was right where God had him. And as you hear that, you might be thinking, well, actually, that's not, that's not me. I, I'm, not, I'm not right near, near God. Maybe like, I, I know, I, I, I'm far away from Him. You know, at the end of this message, in you know, a few, few short moments, there's going to be an opportunity to say a prayer to 
confess a, a faith and, and, and a love in Jesus. In fact, I, I'm going to pray right now. God, I thank you right now for every single person here, Lord. I thank you for those that are here and maybe far from you, God. I, I thank you that your Spirit draws them, that your grace, like Pastor Sanjeev spoke about, is sufficient for all of us, Lord God. And I just think that you're going to move by your Spirit as you draw people into relationship with you. You see, you are closest to the God dream simply when you're closest to God. Writing many years later, the Apostle Paul writes this to the church in Philippi. He says this, Philippians 1 verse 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Stay close to God. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten the dream that was birthed in your heart maybe, maybe years ago. He is faithful. Stay close to Him. Stay close to Him. In fact, maybe as the, as the keys come and we start to wrap up, I, I, I want to show you uh, one, more, one more theme that's in this whole story of Joseph. It's a, liter- a, a literary theme. And you see, this, this God dream of Joseph starts with Joseph speaking about it, starts with him being exalted, being, being lifted up. You know, remember we read that before, like the wheat sheaves, they, they, they bow down, Joseph's lifted up. The, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars, they, 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 they bow down to him. It's him being lifted up. But it's interesting, the start of the journey of Joseph is not up, it's actually down. Genesis 37, 24, we read it before. They throw him not up, but down into the pit. Verse 25 of Genesis says very, um, like on purpose, it says the Ishmaelites were going down to Egypt. In verse 39, when it picks up the story again, it says Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. And it's repeated again that, that, that the Ishmaelites brought him down there to Egypt. Then again, He's already been thrown into the pit. He's already been brought down to Egypt. And now again, he's thrown down into the prison. You see, the Bible doesn't do things by accident. That's there for a reason. You see, when we receive a God dream for our life, we want its trajectory to be, you know, as they say, it's a bit of an Americanism, but as they say, you know, we want the graphs to be up and to the right. We, 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 want this, we want this perfect line graph that just increases year and year upon year upon year and there's no bumps, there's no, there's no valleys, there's no whatevers. It's just like this, this perfection of growth and improvement and prosperity and, and whatever. That, that's what we want it to be, but that's not the reality. In fact, that's not actually even how God works. But here's a little bit of a spoiler if you don't know the Joseph story. Genesis 41 verse 14 says this, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. Notice this pit there because the, the prison was this, this pit that was down. Those, those words are interchangeable. You see, Joseph had started this trajectory of being up, but then being pulled down. But now... Joseph's being brought up out of the pit. He's about to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh's about to be blown away. He's going to lift him up again over the nation of Egypt. He's going to, he's going to lift him up over, over his own household except for him. You see, even though Joseph's dream was challenged, even though the first movement was down, because he stayed close to God, because he trusted 
that God had it all in hand, God raised him up. He raised him up. And wherever you feel like you are now on the journey of that God dream, as you stay close to Him, He'll, he'll lift you up. Does that mean that everything will work out and all your hopes and dreams will be fulfilled just the way you pictured them? I don't actually know. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what God has. But more importantly than how our temporary situations will work out, we have an eternal hope in Christ. That as we trust Him at the close of this age, there is an eternal promise from Christ. This is Revelation 21, right near the end of the Bible, verse 3 and 4, talking about the end of time, at the close of the age. It says this, uh, this is John who wrote Revelation, saying this, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. I I, I wanna encourage you, church, whatever challenge we face in this life, we have an eternal hope in Christ Jesus. You you might be thinking, oh, Jesus, you haven't actually talked about Him that much. Let let, let me show you this. I know Miles did a little bit of this last night. But, but, sorry, last night. I watched the message last night, just just, just to be clear. Last week, check, check this out. Check out Joseph and Jesus. Joseph, betrayed by those closest to Him, sold into slavery by the brothers. Jesus, betrayed by Judas, sold for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph, did nothing wrong yet falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Jesus, sinless, perfect, falsely accused by the religious Jews. Joseph, thrown into the pit, prison of Egypt and left to die. Egypt in the Old Testament is a a type and a metaphor for the world. Jesus, crucified, buried by the Romans, the world power at the time in the garden tomb. Joseph, even though he was in an Egyptian prison and pit, he still has God with him. He overcomes, interpret dreams and in and is raised up in power. Jesus rises from the dead. Victory conquers sin, conquers death. Revelation 1, 17, 18. Fear not, speaking of Jesus. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys to death and hates. You see, the Bible always points to Jesus. What was Joseph? He, he, he was an important player in this narrative and story about the redemption of humanity, but he was also a type and a picture of Christ. He was also showing us that the same trajectory that he would have is what Christ would have. And no matter where we feel like we are on the journey right now, if we eternally hope in Christ and we trust in Him, He can pull us out of whatever situation we're in. And even if He doesn't in this life, we have eternal hope in Christ Jesus that He'll wipe away every tear that death no longer has its sting because of our trust in Him. One more, Philippians 2 verses 6 to 11. This is speaking about Jesus. I want you to watch this same progression that I talked about with Joseph. It talks about Jesus who was in the form of God. So, so, so He was lifted up. In the form of God, He did not count equality with God, something to be grasped, but He emptied Himself by taking on the form of a servant down. Being born in the likeness of men, down. 
Being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, down, even death on the cross, down. Verse 9, Therefore, because of this progression down, God has highly exalted Him and He has bestowed on Him the name that is above every other name. He's lifted Him. So the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth. He's lifted Him up again and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's, that's who Christ is. That's who Christ is. We want our life to be like this. It's normally like this. That's, that's the trajectory that Jesus is taking us on. That's the trajectory that Joseph was on, but he stayed close to him. He trusted him. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. Your God dream doesn't come without challenge. Challenge is normative. We shouldn't be shocked that as we stay close to God, we're right on track where God wants us. Often the first place we want to travel is up, but God's calling us down. He actually said to follow Christ is to deny ourselves. If we try and save our own life, we'll lose it. But if we lose our life for Christ's sake, we'll find it. So this morning, no matter what temporary challenge we face, whether we overcome it in this life or not, there's always an eternal hope that we find in Christ Jesus. Always. So across this place, I'd love every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus, we thank You right now. We thank You for Your presence. We thank You for Your life. Jesus, we thank You that You did what we read about, that You, that you lowered Yourself, that you came, you came down from heaven. You laid Your life down for us. You laid Your life down on a cross. That they buried You down in a tomb. But yet, God raised him up. And so across this place, maybe you've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ before. Maybe you have and something's come to, to disconnect that relationship with God. In just a moment, we're going to say a prayer. Altogether, we're not going to try and embarrass you or pull you out the front or anything like that. But just as a way for you to, for you to connect this like, line in the sand moment to make a decision for Christ... I'd love you to do something just a little bit brave and to lift your hand right now where you are. If that's you, if you want to commit your life to Christ, would you lift your hand? Say yes to Jesus. Yeah, see that hand? That's awesome. That's awesome. Come on, is there someone else who wants to join this person in deciding to follow Jesus? We thank you right now. We thank you right now, Jesus. Come on, church. Let's pray this prayer. All together, would you repeat out loud? After me, would you say, Dear Jesus, I come to you this morning. I lay my life down before you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. From this day forward, I'm going to follow after you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.